0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Going a little bit Debbie heavy here tonight, guys. We're about a month into the college football season. Uh, we want to kind of recap a little bit of everything that's gone on so far, but but it's a good opportunity for us to kind of look and, and check our Debbie rankings, see where everything there is going on. We'll still have uh some start sits, some injury roundup, all that kind of stuff for you guys. Um, but we figured that it would be a, a fun exercise here. What
1: say you, Colin? Yeah, I mean we we go pretty deep sometimes with some of these players. Um, you know, like especially when we go talk about waiver wires, stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's it's good to to bring it up a little bit of a level, get a little bit more uh prospect talk in here some guys that may make an impact on the uh on the nfl side of your roster
0: yeah for sure um and you know we've got a sample size now so i I, i'm a slow mover i I feel comfortable moving some of these guys now um yeah so so let's um let's get into this here colin uh this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast Dynasty Happy Hour, the Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porris. Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them all in one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out our weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, we are going to kick off tonight with an injury roundup. There have been a decent amount of injuries uh, over the past week. We just want to kind of discuss some different situations here. Uh, first up, Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck, uh, a, a favorite here of the show, uh, went down in, I believe, the second quarter of the Texas game here this weekend, um, and it has been confirmed he's out for multiple weeks with a shoulder-slash-collarbone injury. Uh, they haven't given a timetable exactly for his return, but his replacement played decent. Uh, Henry Columbia, um definitely didn't do any worse than Shuck did during that game. Um, so... Is the dream dead for Shuck? I mean, what what are we doing with him here?
1: I mean, was the dream even really alive to begin with? It's supposed I, to be a first
0: round draft pick.
1: Yeah. Um, if, if somebody was out there touting it was a first round draft pick, I may look in a different direction for my advice moving forward. Uh, but he's not anybody that we were ever really thought was particularly good. I did think he might have some, you know, CFF value this year in Texas Tech's offense with Matt Wells. Um, but he – I mean, he was okay, but, yeah, I mean, with, with him going down here and, and Henry Columbia coming in and moving the offense, playing well, uh, I mean, granted, Texas was still blowing the doors off of them, but he, you know, was moving the ball well and, and got them a couple of, couple of scores. So he played fine. Shuck may not get his job back. And I, you know, could be Baron Morton's season next year if, if uh, Columbia – Keeps a job this year, and then I think he's a senior, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's a senior or not. That COVID year is so weird. Everybody everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Um, I think he still has one more year left, though, if I remember correctly. Whether Texas Tech wants to use it or not,
1: I don't yeah. know. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if i find them, they probably want to move to Baron Morton as soon as he shows the, uh, shows the slightest inkling that he can handle that offense. Just move on to the future. Yeah, fingers crossed that he actually
0: does end up showing that here. Uh, Taj Brooks, uh, you know, might as well just stay with the Red Raiders while we're here. Uh, It was, I had heard nothing about this all week. We were actually on the second hour of the tailgate. I, I sit in the background and just kind of feed injury news to the guys as they go through the last minute DFS stuff. And like 20 minutes before kickoff, they said Taj Brooks was out with a lower leg injury that he apparently suffered last week. that Nobody knew about um, they, at uh, no timetable, but they said it'll at least keep him out a few weeks. Um, so what, what are, are we doing? Is that, is that actionable information? Like, are we
1: doing anything with that besides not starting Taj Brooks now? Um, no, I don't think that that's too actionable. I mean, Sir Roger Thompson did not look good in his replacement there. I mean, Texas's run defense got gashed before that against Arkansas, and i thought that texas tech may be able to follow a similar blueprint um but sir roger thompson did not look good uh he got stacked up repeatedly so i don't really think he's a viable replacement there i don't really think you want to plug him in um and yeah i mean taj brooks that injury news kind of came out of out of nowhere uh you know one of the frustrating things about cff because i had him as a start on last week's show i put him as a start the hour before the uh in the first hour of the tailgate so just one of the frustrating things there but not no to answer your question not super actionable
0: it's not like it, yeah i mean that that texas vaunted rushing defense Uh, We might have to have a discussion about this later in the show because we thought Texas was bad and now maybe just Arkansas is really, really good Um, after they, I mean, with KJ Jefferson in there, they, they, I think they would have won by two touchdowns plus this weekend against Texas A&M. Elijah Cooks, wide receiver for Nevada, kind of part of their three headed monster there receiving wise with him, uh, Romeo Dubs and Cole Turner. You got some other guys there too, but I think those are kind of the three main ones. Uh, Cooks done for the season. Uh, second straight year that he's going to lose the majority of the season to a significant injury. Um, This probably bumps Dubs, who had been having a bit of a disappointing season. I think you probably have to be comfortable firing him up now in most circumstances. Um, Cole Turner, maybe a bump. What do you think? I mean, he was already averaging five targets a game call. You think he he can bump that up a little bit, those rookie numbers?
1: (laughs) you got to pump those rookie numbers up. Um, Now I think he could get a slight uptick there. I mean, I think you could see him start getting, you know, maybe seven or eight. Um, I don't think it's going to change him too much because he was already one of the more reliable tight ends, one of the guys that you could um, plug and play and just kind of forget about in your lineup. Um, So it definitely helps him out. Uh, And if you have him, you know, that makes it even better for you. But I don't think that it's, Changes him. For, I don't really think it changes his, his outlook too much. It, it helps him, but you were already starting. The,
0: the bigger guy there, maybe that it, that it impacts a little bit is Tory Horton, uh, second year wide receiver there. Um, decent size, six right, to uh, just around one eighty there last year. He technically had a breakout, I believe um, j- hit just over whatever the percentile is uh, to qualify. What? 20% for freshmen or I believe or 15 so, yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, he hit that. Um, and he's been decent this year. He's been explosive. He's averaging 19 yards a catch. He's averaging right around the same amount of targets that that Cole Turner was getting uh, on, on a per-game basis. So I'm interested to see if this bumps him at all in that offense. And I think before he was a a stash, and now he's a much more real, you know, tangible, now uh, type of player on a C2C roster, which is nice. I mean, it, it, it's it's nice when that happens.
1: Yeah, I think that that helps the rest of those pieces there. And Carson Strong is going to stay afloat, too. Uh, I don't think this is going to hurt him much. Uh,
0: yeah, let's move on here. Will Shipley, uh, this is good injury news for us. Uh, feared the worst after he went down in their game uh, this week against NC State that they lost. Uh, uh, Clemson announced today that is not an ACL tear. He will be back at some point this season. A couple of weeks, but no a concrete timetable there. Um, that's good news, especially for Clemson, who had just lost a Lynn J. Dixon to the portal. And so if Shipley was down for the year, it was basically just Phil Maffa and Kobe, Kobe Pace. Pace.
1: Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah. And especially cause Will Shipley was kind of the one piece on that offense. Now that you were thinking, yeah, maybe I'll start him every week. Um, you know, he was, he was the type of guy that you could, was getting to the point where you could probably plug him in uh and just count on a a solid day from him and he's the type of guy too that had the speed that he could just take one of the house and then just all of a sudden he has a monster day um but it's good to hear that it's not the acl he's gonna be back this season at some point he'll miss some weeks here too and honestly i think that's gonna hurt clemson's offense as a whole which we could definitely talk about a little bit later but um, yeah it's nice to have some good injury news for a change
0: oh yeah oh yeah
1: definitely um
0: Greg Bell uh, running back for San Diego State uh the the latest in a long line of of strong college performers there for the Aztecs uh, suffered an injury in the first half against Towson this weekend uh, I haven't seen that they've rolled him out for the year or not, but they're calling it a significant shoulder injury. Uh, and so we're probably not going to see much of him, at least for a while. His replacement this week was, and I'm totally going to say this wrong. and I apologize. <laughs> I think it's Kagan Williams. It's K-A-E-G-U-N. I'm assuming it's pronounced Kagan. Uh, went 10 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown. That's an intriguing option, I think, because uh, that school is more system than talent. Are you rushing to pick? Kagan Williams, up, Colin.
1: I mean, if I there's not really a a ton of options this week on the waiver wire, like we we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, he's out of the guys available. If you have an opening here, or if you had Greg Bell and you know um, you could, and you needed somebody to replace him, yeah, I I would go pick up um, Kagan Williams because I think that uh, you know, like you said, it's more system than. Uh, than, than player like we saw with daniel Pumphrey and um Rashad, Rashad penny. penny so you can kind of plug and play whoever that is in there so yeah you can go pick up kegan williams
0: yeah i i would um i'd recommend it i'm not sure I, I would assume he's probably not rostered most places i actually did not look up his um his percentages beforehand here kendall milton could have played this week according to the uh, head coach down there, but they opted not to. And the coach basically said we didn't play him this week because it's Vanderbilt, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> I was reading the quote. I was like, damn, which makes sense because Georgia was up by what 35 points at the end of the first quarter or something like that. I mean, it was just an absolute bloodbath. Um, so we had to assume that he'll probably be back here this week for uh big game against Arkansas. Um, and then Noah Kane, the other guy here, um, no timetable on his return, but I think he's considered week to week. And I would assume that he's probably back. I think this is, again, a we are playing Villanova this week. I'm not sure we really need you, buddy. Uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but reading between the lines, that's what that one sounds like to me. I don't know, Colin,
1: you're our Penn State insider. Uh, give us some information. Yeah, I mean, that one uh, that, that one kind of surprised me because it didn't really – he only had one carry, and it didn't look like – A carry that he got hurt on there was no noticeable injury really and so i mean they just stopped giving him the ball i figured something had to be wrong but yeah i feel like it was probably we're playing villanova Kavon lee is is playing fine he's you know keeping the offense moving you know we can lean on him this week They get Indiana this week, too, who hasn't quite been as good as what we thought they were going to be, or what some people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if we saw a heavier dosage of Lee this week as well, and they you know, give Kane some carries, or or maybe even potentially completely rest him. I'm not entirely sure, because they do get Iowa uh, the week after that, and that's going to be a big one. That's probably going to be two top 10 teams going at each other, potentially even two top five. So it wouldn't surprise me if Kane sits a bit this week. You know, for a a,
0: for a Penn State insider, you literally you really didn't have any information there that was good. Um, so. <laughs> 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 I never claimed beat, to be a Penn State insider. <laughs> kind of a beat reporter, are you? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I brought you on this stupid show. All right. <laughs> you needed a but, Penn State beat reporter that yeah, bad? I did specifically. I I needed that or the show wouldn't have worked. Um, All right. Let's move into headlines here, guys. We're just going to talk about a couple of of topics that have been bouncing around a little bit. Um, Again, with a Debbie lean, but uh, not necessarily. First question I have here for you, Colin. I'm not going to say exactly what it says (laughs) on the show. I was
1: curious. I was curious. What the heck, heck,
0: is wrong with DJ Uyengaleli there at Clemson? That offense has been god awful you can watch and we'll talk about oklahoma here in a little bit too like we just know like you could have for the last three weeks been like this is the week clemson loses this is the week clemson loses <laughs> and you were gonna be right eventually because they've just looked like crap and been hanging on by the skin of their teeth i mean against georgia tech two weeks ago they uh, were a goal line stand away from possibly going into overtime I and mean, they, they, they looked terrible against georgia there week one they really haven't gotten going at all this season lost in double overtime this week to NC state. So what the heck is wrong with DJU?
1: So I think it's a little bit twofold here. He doesn't look as poised as what he did in that small sample size last year. Um, So, I mean, that could definitely be a part of it too. He's not handling the pressure all that well, but he's getting a lot of pressure because that O line is not very good. Um, His wide receivers are not good. Um, they cannot really separate very well. They're just kind of big jump ball guys. Like we talked about before, they're just carbon copies of each other and they're not really helping him out. So he doesn't have a lot of help, but it's definitely somewhat on him. Like I said, he's not really looked that good under pressure. Um, you know, you kind of want to see him put a little bit more of the offense on his shoulders, but honestly, I think with the bigger thing that this is this year is exposing is just how good Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence were. I mean, they were good enough that they overcame this vanilla offense. Uh, you know, it's—I don't think the offense has ever really particularly been progressive. It's—it's um, it's kind of bland overall, and I think that Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence really covered up for a lot of those holes. Uh, and now you're you're not seeing that this year. You're you're seeing DJU struggle a bit, and it's kind of bringing some of those other things to light. Uh, you know, like we talked about before with Clemson's wide receivers, they just they're not adapting to the modern game. The game is not throwing jump balls to these six, three, 215 hundred and fifteen pound wide receivers anymore. Um, it's you know it's spread them out, it's space them out, it's use speed, and they're just not they just don't have a lot of that outside of Will Shipley, who was the one guy that we thought okay, he looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um he just hasn't really been I, I haven't watched him at all this and thought that he's really doing anything particularly well. I think he's still a little slow processing. A little bit. Not um he's not like <laughs> Jamarcus Russell level bad. Um <laughs> he's he's a see it throw it kind of guy, I think. I mean, it's it's a little early to make that determination, but it, I think that he most likely is, which is not a bad thing, but that does not mesh well, like like you said, with the types of receivers they have there. Um, I really don't know what the fix is. It doesn't seem like the way he's playing now that this is a, he flips the switch in like two weeks from now, he just is like on fire and, and everything is right and everything's back. Like I think they're, there are legitimate long-term concerns here. I actually do not have a Tier 1 grade on him anymore. I, I have moved him to Tier 0. No, just kidding. Uh, back down to Tier 2, um, which for me means a Day 2 NFL draft pick. I, I Guys, I get, especially with quarterbacks, I know that he's not going to go Day 2. I don't care. That's what I have him graded as. Um, I understand how that position works. Um, I'm just... I'm not a believer anymore. I've, he is so far behind Bryce Young for me.
1: He he is really, really far uh, behind Bryce Young. Yeah. Bryce Young looks, has looked really good this year. And DJU, like you said, really hasn't a, you know, I think he's a, like you said, kind of a see it, throw it guy. Those windows have not been there. So he hasn't really been testing them too much. I don't think there's an easy fix. Like you said, I don't, I don't see that turning around this year. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I see it turning around next year either because I don't know if I see Dabo and the rest of that staff as the type of off guys who will be like, OK, maybe what we're doing now isn't working. Let's go out and get some speed guys, because if they wanted to do that, they're cleansing. You know, they could go out and get they could probably pry Christian Leary from Alabama if he's like not getting the playing time there, you know, or they could go out and get a, if if a Wandale Robinson type player is available and they wanted him, they could go get him. So, but I don't think they're going to do that. So I don't know if I see a fix this year. I don't know if I see a fix next year either. Uh, I still really like the talent overall. I mean, he's got all the tools that you're looking for, but it's at this point, it's kind of just that. It's just the tools.
0: Over, under, last question here. um, Two and a half losses for Clemson this season. They're already at two.
1: I was gonna say they're already at two. they lose they game? They haven't played NC UNC yet. Um, That's not looking like a difficult game at this point either, though. I mean, hey, Boston College this week's undefeated. They're four zero. Wake Forest is undefeated. Um, okay, three I mean, and a half. half. Over under three and a half. Oh, I'll take the under on three and a half. I was going back and forth on the under. It uh, okay. uh, under on two and a half. Okay. I think two and a half is fine. Okay. Um, Although they did just lose Brian Brisey, uh to a torn ACL. So that definitely impacts their defense because they don't have um, was it Tyler Davis either. He's out for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they'll lose one more. I'll take okay. the over on two and a half, but it's, it's okay. close. Okay. Over on two and a half, under on three and a half.
0: Um, another QB question here, Colin. Is there a quarterback controversy at Ohio State? Um, CJ Stroud suffering a little bit from a shoulder injury. Uh, they they sat him out this week. It was Kyle McCord's time to shine. He played okay. I, I thought he played a pretty solid game 13 for 18, uh, 319 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That Ohio State offense, man, inflates these quarterback numbers like you would not freaking believe. It's honestly amazing. Um, just crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but he looked good. I think you know, as. As we've heard from from multiple different sources, he probably had to blow the staff away to continue to kind of keep that job all to himself. I don't know that he did that. Um, is, so is there a
1: controversy there, Colin, or you think it's still Stroud the guy? Yeah, sorry, Matt. Uh, I don't think there's a controversy there yet. And Matt's actually been pretty open about that, too, that Stroud, he thinks Stroud is going to get that job back, um, at least for this week. But yeah, I still think it's CJ Stroud's job. Um, Kyle McCord came in and he looked good. he looked pretty good once he settled down uh, he looked good. So that's definitely that definitely helps him out because you know we thought we liked CJ Stroud or I mean uh, Kyle McCord, but we weren't sure how much we were gonna get to see him this year so yes, it was against Akron but to see him at least get out there and put a game's worth of tape on um, is gonna be nice now. He was also pushing the ball downfield, which is not something that we saw from C.J. Stroud too much. Uh, now, C.J. Stroud did get that shoulder injury reportedly in the Minnesota game, which was the first game of the year. So he's been battling through that a bit. Uh, so I think that probably has some part, something to do with why he hasn't pushed it downfield. It'll be interesting to see him when he gets back because, like I said, I think he'll get that starting job back. He'll probably start this week. Um, so I'll be interested to see how he looks throwing the ball downfield um i don't think there's a qb controversy yet but it's it's kind of a it's kind of something to monitor for sure
0: so i actually i'm trying to find this tweet right now um, that i saw a day or so ago um that said of quarterbacks right now um that are pushing the ball downfield um stroud is actually the most aggressive downfield passer 55% 55% of his passes travel at least 10 yards. Interesting. Yeah, which surprised me a little bit. Now, he hasn't been very accurate with them. Right. Uh, uh, but he is at least trying it, um, which is, like I said, very, very interesting to me. Uh, so I think there's a bit of a disconnect between what's actually happening and, and kind of the narrative where now everyone wants to say that, that McCord was was um, doing something that, that Stroud wasn't doing. Stroud was trying to do it. Uh, he just wasn't particularly effective at it. And part of it could be that shoulder. Um, like if you have a a solid quarterback in there, that offense kind of runs itself. Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, 13 for 18 for 319 yards. Like, come on. And it's not like it was a bunch of 60 yard bombs. Like it's a lot of stuff after the catch. I'm not saying that the quarterback's job there is easy as we've seen, but, um, so, so no, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy there. Um, I think they've both performed about exactly how you would have anticipated. I don't know. I mean, you would have thought they were a little bit better, but I mean, uh, I, I didn't think there was much between them before the season. I don't think there's much between them talent
1: wise now. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. And if CJ Stroud does struggle again, then then there's probably a quarterback controversy, but uh, I, I don't think so yet. I'm
0: just bring just bringing Quinn Ewers. Come on. <laughs> we're all saying it. Jack just Miller. Me jack miller season baby um last last topic here in headlines before we kind of move on to a couple other things here colin the 2023 running back class you know coming into the season we had Bijan, we had tank we had jameer gibbs we had a lot of other guys we thought were good a lot of the guys we thought were good are showing us that they are good so at this point are we looking at a 2017-2020 a level running back class, or it's just top-tier talent, depth, multiple different, you know, types of backs, a lot of well-rounded guys. I mean, it's just the, the names Bijan Tank, Evans, Gibbs, McClellan, Tucker. We still haven't seen anything out of Kendall Milton. Like he he could be something, you know. The same with um with Marshawn Lloyd, although that's not looking super promising right now. I mean, Devin Ochain. There are just so many backs across the country in this class that are just killing it right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that this 2023 class is looking like it's going to be on par with the 2020 class, 2017 class. Uh, I think this is going to be very, very good. Um, Zach Evans has looked really good too. Um, McClellan has looked good in limited work. I would really like to see him have more of a role Uh, that's kind of been frustrating. Um, same with Kendall Milton too. I'd like to see him get more work because we think we like both of those guys. I still think I like both of those guys, but they haven't really showed it as much as some of the other guys there. And, uh, you know, guys like Demarcus Bowman too, another guy we really haven't seen much out of, but then you get guys like Brandon Thomas and Blake Corum who came in and have really both looked really good. Um, is he a Bonaconda, obviously? <laughs> of course, is he a Bonaconda? Um, Ulysses Bentley has even looked pretty good here these past two weeks as well. So it's looking he's, like...
0: He's technically 2022 eligible, I believe.
1: Oh, is he? Yeah, just throwing just
0: throwing that out there. Yeah, oh, well, fair um, enough. I, see, I see a lot of people say that, and I believe he is 2022 eligible. Whether fair he enough. actually
1: comes out this year or not, I kind of doubt it. But Deuce Vaughn? Yes, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, and like you touched on with Marshawn Lloyd, um, you know, hasn't really quite lived up to that yet either but another guy that we still thought was very talented so I think this is they're just solidifying what we thought about them really um for the most part and then there's a couple guys that have have popped up that you know we haven't been expecting like Blake Corum weren't expecting that kind of an output from him and Brandon Thomas
0: yeah um you're gonna talk about Sean Tucker a little bit here in a little bit so I'm not going to um steal your thunder on that one but um I mean the only one of these backs that's had a disappointing year, I think, is Jameer Gibbs, relatively. And that's just because, like, relative to what we expected. And that whole offense has just been a dumpster fire. You know, flipping between a couple of different quarterbacks. Um, they're, they're not, you know, particularly a talented team overall. So that, that's kind of held, held Gibbs back. But, I mean, McClellan's had a decent year. He has not been the guy there. But I think people that aren't just, you know, oh, well, he's the most talented guy in the roster. He should play no matter what. Um, I think we knew that he was not going to be the guy this year. Roydell Williams had a good game this week, and talk about another. I mean, they're just name after name after name here. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this class um, because there. I mean, there's there's receivers. Uh, there's the only downfall to this class is we only
1: have one quarterback. We like yeah. <laughs> right now. And that's yeah. a bummer. Uh, right. Well, one other guy that you know we neither of us have mentioned yet, but I was just looking through some of our rankings here. Chip Trainum. You know, oh, yeah, looked really good week one. Um, yeah. he's been banged up since, but yeah, I mean, he that's another guy we haven't mentioned, but throw his name in there exactly. So, a lot of different backs there. Um, let's go into stock
0: up, stock down here. Um, got as we've done the past couple weeks, we each have two stock up, two stock down. Um, call him rolling with a pit guy this week. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, w- I would never talk about a penn state guy in this section so of course not you're you're the bigger man than me obviously
1: yeah um i mean my my guy stock up here is is jordan addison and it's kind of hard for him to get too much higher than what he was um because there was a lot of hype around him after having that big freshman breakout year but i think the biggest thing for me through his performance so far this year is he's just kind of solidified uh, that he's made me feel a lot better about it uh, you know I, there were some other guys in that range that uh, I liked a lot better um, so I didn't end up with Jordan Addison really anywhere I don't think um, guys like Parker Washington I liked better Josh Downs was going in a similar range I liked him better um, so I, you know he, but he's really he, he's played very well especially these past two weeks uh, six catches, 124 yards, three touchdowns, six catches, 179 yards, and three touchdowns the past two weeks. Um, like I said, he's he's kind of picking up right where he left off, and, and he's solidifying that he deserves to be, you know, fringe well, know, fringe top 10 overall, but definitely top 10 in, in the 2023 class. He, he profiles really similar,
0: similarly to Zay Flowers for me, another guy that just for some reason, I don't love that profile. I know that I like, you know, the six foot one eighty guy, but like, I don't see enough versatility out of Jordan Addison to make me fall in love with him. He is still so much a yak guy. The only times he's really open deep, like he, he scores in an ordinate amount of touchdowns where it's just broken coverage. And there's like nobody with, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe he's just a really good route runner. Uh, I don't (laughs) think, I don't think that's necessarily it, uh, scores on a lot of plays like that. Um, He's just not well-rounded enough for me. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's definitely – I have him as a day-two guy. Um, I would be comfortable taking him in round two of a rookie draft. Uh, Probably not any earlier than that. Um, But, I mean, yeah, he's had – I mean, granted it was, what, New Hampshire this weekend uh, and Pitt scored 70. But, um, (laughs) yeah, he he certainly looked good this weekend. Um, How about Zach Evans? running back at tcu you know we five-star kid last year he's not like he came out of nowhere we all know who he was had a lot of offers uh questions about maturity though kind of sent him to tcu or maybe he probably should have been destined for something a little bit bigger than that um, but he has really just responded this year you know he um is up to uh, uh 210, 215. Uh so that's we wanted to see that after he weighed in at 195 last season. He answered that question. Um, and then he's gone out and just looked really good on the field against Cal two weeks ago. Uh 190 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh this week against SMU, he went 15 carries, 113 yards, and then three catches, 70, and a touchdown. He's he was their whole offense this weekend. He was very impressive uh in all facets of the game. He just looks like a natural runner. I, I think last year he was overthinking it a little bit. Now he seems much more comfortable. Um, he's my RB4 in the class now. I've bumped him over Jace McClellan. Um, I like what I see. I think he can be the, the cam acres of this class, the guy that's kind of underrated, 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 and then everyone kind of realizes right before the draft that uh, actually this guy's really, really good. That's, that's going to
1: be his path. Yeah, I like that. I like that comparison there. Um, And yeah, Zach Evans has, has looked really good to start the year here. He's, there was a reason he was, he was the number one back in that class over Bijan, wasn't he?
0: No, I thought, but the composite, let's see here. I think the composite had, um, had still had Bijan.
1: Okay. Either way, they were very, very close. Um, So people, and people just kind of forget about how good of a prospect he was because he ended up at TCU, like you mentioned, do some immaturity things, but He's the type of guy that they're just going to be able to build that offense around, and he's looked really good the past couple of weeks. He's looked better at running through contact, and you know, his freshman year, he was—I think he was at what, like 210? 195. He's at one ninety-five last yeah. year. Okay, yeah. wow. that's what he was All listed right. at. Yeah, I can only go off that. Fair. Um, yeah. So he was a little light, um, but he's looking better running through tackles uh, this year, and I mean, he—he he always kind of had the the speed there too. So it's nice to to see him do kind of what we thought he was going to do um, i had him as my rb7 um, overall i've had him there for i think pretty much the entire time um you know just because we knew what role he was going to have in that offense we knew he was going to have a significant role there so you were going to get the production on the college side from him but it's nice to see the the pro potential there starting to to take shape as well
0: um, I believe I had him as RB eight or nine coming into the year. Um, so he's, he's RB seven in my just straight C2C rankings. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and just, to, so, uh, Bijan was a 0.9928 coming out of high school and Zach Evans was 0.9925.
1: Okay. So very, so very
0: not, close. not, not too far off. Yeah. Yeah. Who's
1: your second guy, Colin? Uh, My second guy here uh, on the stock up is Sean Tucker. Like you said, this guy, you know, we touched on a little bit when we were talking about the 2023 class, Um, but he's looked really, really good this year. Um, He's has over 130 yards rushing um, and, and at least one touchdown in every game. The only game he didn't go over 130 yards in was Rutgers. But Rutgers actually has a really good run defense. They held Blake Corum to 68 yards rushing on 21 carries. Um, um, Tucker had 13 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He hasn't had the stiffest of competition. He had to get um, Ohio. Ohio kind of sucks. He got Albany. Um, But, you know, he's done exactly what you wanted to see him do. And he's done a little bit more, too. He got a little bit of passing game work this year. Um, zero catches week one, but then four catches, three catches uh, for 121 yards and a touchdown, um, and then two catches this week, this past week as well. So he's averaging a little over two catches a game, which is nice to see. Um, you know, you'd like to see maybe even a little bit more, but it's nice to see that at least to start.
0: Yeah, he he's looked really dynamic this year. Um, certainly uh, putting his name up there after that big three. I think I'd be comfortable at least. Talking about him being there, uh, whether I'd actually pull that trigger or not. Um, Brock Bowers is my second name here. Look, this dude. You think that you have you're like too high on him, like, and then he just does something the next week. And you're like, oh, I guess. I mean, like, I guess I was too low. <laughs> I mean, I we talked a couple weeks ago on Debbie debate about him being in the tight end two conversation. Debbie, I said, yes. And I meant it, but it was also kind of just one of those, you know, we're sitting here kind of having a discussion about this. His name should be in that mix. I think, like, at this point, like, if you don't have him as tight end, too, I think you're just a dummy. <laughs> and I can't believe it. He rushed for two touchdowns. He had three touchdowns total this week. He rushed for two of them. The guy looks like he's basically Tommy Tremble, but, like, actually can catch the ball, too. I think that should be terrifying, for for teams that you know uh, it, that georgia matches up with here in the future he's been the focal point for the most part of their passing game which you've told me that a tight end was the focal point at georgia before the season started i would have laughed in your face even with eric gilbert and darnell washington there in surprise it's neither one of those guys he's he's just exceeding all expectations super athlete I don't know what else I can say about him. I think it's Mayer and Bowers I have it as tier one tight ends moving forward
1: here, and then nobody else is in that tier. It's just those two guys. Yeah, I I still have Weitermeyer ahead of him. Um, I did move Bowers all the way up to my tight end three. Um, Weitermeyer has just done it for a little bit longer. I mean, Brock Bowers has looked really, really good, though, through the first four games. Uh, it's hard to deny that. So I have zero fault for putting if anybody puts him at two. I, I'm just a little bit historically slower to move um, up. Uh, guys, they were like freshmen like that. I, it's really nice to see him, what he's been doing so far. But yeah, I, I mean, it's the rushing touchdowns. I don't know if we're going to see those every week. Um, he, keeps
0: <laughs> he keeps doing it. This week, he's going to have four against Arkansas. It's just a fact. It's just what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, but yeah, definitely a guy who has climbed dramatically since the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, 100%.
0: Stock down, Colin?
1: Uh, So transitioning into stock downs here, my uh, first stock down is a guy that this one kind of hurts, and it's Marshawn Lloyd uh, at South Carolina. Uh, A guy that I thought really talented. It was really nice to see him get back, start the year Healthy, where you know he was looking like he was going to get a significant role with with Kevin Harris out, um, and Zaquandre White came in and he looked really good, and he's kind of been their lead back. He's their leading rusher. Um, You know, it, it's been a bit of a th- four headed rushing attack, to be honest with you, uh, because Marshawn Lloyd's been out carried by uh, freshman Juju McDowell. Juju McDowell has twenty eight carries. Marshawn Lloyd has twenty seven. So. I was really hoping to see him seize that backfield. And uh, granted, I do think that it is, it is, it is a very talented backfield. Uh, I like white Harris is very solid as well. Uh, Juju McDowell, they must love him there. So a lot of guys just the fact that he hasn't separated, I feel like it's, it's time to move him down a little bit.
0: It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Um, Maybe he'll break out year three. We don't care about breakout age for these guys. So nah, uh, at running, running back, so um, you know, all hope is not lost. Uh, how about a guy that just looked like total garbage this season? The Graham Mertz. Um, I. I was clinging on to the 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 narrative that he looked really good in game one last year, and then he got COVID, and then he didn't look right. And I think you could have said, well, and the whole team got COVID. I don't know what they were doing. Um, All of them got COVID. And so it was kind of, you know, well, he wasn't right. He was, it, weapons were in and out. Okay. He's been terrible this year. And I think this is the same thing as Clemson. You can put a lot of the blame on the coaching staff there. It is the most boring um, you know, uh, 1975 style offense, but at the same time, oh, and they don't have nearly, you know, I don't really like any of Clemson's receivers, but I think you'd be hard pressed to argue that any, like any of them, could go to Wisconsin and start there immediately. But he still is just—he does not elevate anybody on that team. He is boring as shit. He is at this point. I feel kind of comfortable saying he's worse than Jack Cohn. They probably chose the wrong guy there. Um, not that Cone has been great either, but Mertz has just looked not good. I mean, you can talk about him having all these tools that we won, and he he did look really really good in high school. But how long before you just say it's not there? I mean, I, I think he's just a case of a guy that it's just not there. Maybe that's why he ended up with, at Wisconsin
1: and not somewhere bigger with how talented he looked in high school. I I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that has to has to fall in your rankings. He absolutely has to. I mean, he got did not look good against Penn State. Now, Penn State does have a good defense, but he hasn't looked good in any other game either. Um, And, you know, like you said, blame it on the weapons if you want. There really aren't any there. But, you know, if you're a quarterback that's going to be an NFL prospect, at some point you kind of have to elevate some of the talent around you. We have not seen that at all from Graham Mertz. Um, You know, there's a couple other guys we haven't seen that from, actually. But, you know, Graham Mertz is definitely one of the biggest defenders and he has to be a guy that falls in your rankings because at wisconsin he's never going to put up the numbers where he's going to be cff start worthy so if he's not cff start worthy and he's not a pro prospect you know what are we doing exactly exactly
0: he, he's he's neither unfortunately clemson wide receivers colin they are all they're all down for you too
1: yeah yeah they're all down um and they're guys that there were probably I, I don't have the preseason rankings here But from us, but I imagine there were at least three wide receivers in from Clemson inside our top thirty overall. In Justin Ross, E.J. Williams, Joe uh, Joe Nagata, Frank Ladson was up there too for some people. Uh, You know the freshmen that they have coming in, Dakari Collins, Bo Collins were guys that people were interested in. Joe Joe had a, a little moment in the sun there in the spring. But none of these guys look good. None of them. Justin Ross uh, has 22 catches, 216 yards, and three touchdowns. You know, he's looked the best out of the group, but that's not really saying much, especially considering what we were all expecting from him after his freshman year. So he's definitely disappointed after his freshman year. Uh, It's nice to see him back on the field, and, and, and he's a guy that I'm willing to at least give a little bit more time to. Because he missed an entire year last year, um, and we did see that big year at his freshman year and a decent year his sophomore year as well. So he's a guy willing to not totally drop. I nuked him this week, but yeah, I'm done, Joe, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. I I nuked everybody else this week. Um, it just they're roster cloggers. They're they're guys that you were talking about before. You know, they're you're going to hang on to them. You're going to hope that they get some draft capital and they just, they probably won't let's start
0: a, let's start a trend here. Colin, the first person that sends me a screenshot and I have like, I need like multiple screenshots to, to prove that this is true of you dropping Frank Ladson from your C2C team. I will send you a t-shirt of your choosing from campus to Canton.com. So send me the DM, get in touch with me. Let's get Frank Ladson on some more waiver wires here, people. The guy is toast. Um, last name here for stock down, Colin Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. At this point, I actually um, I went back and rewatched the Oklahoma game um, this morning. I'm I I don't have a day one grade on him anymore. And again, I understand that he's probably going to go there, people. I get. The quarterback thing I would not personally touch this person in round one of the NFL draft and then that means uh, on a related note that I would not touch him in the first round of rookie drafts if if I'm in a regular dynasty league that's he's just not he has not learned a single thing and I think the fact that he now makes a lot of money has made this a lot worse at least we can finally possibly pull point these guys out before they get to the NFL I mean I realize the money is not the same <laughs> But you don't have to wonder about what these dudes are going to be like once you give them a million dollars, um, because we're finding out with some of these dudes. I mean, Spencer Rattler got like two cars or something for his performance week one. It's an
1: interesting take.
0: Hey, I mean, it's. I, I it, don't think you're it's wrong. Something to consider.
1: I don't think you're wrong. It's something he's always that I been thought about
0: before. He's always been immature. He's always been childish. He's he's an egomaniac, but yet was crying on the sideline this weekend because the fans were chanting for Caleb Williams. I mean, I do not I do not get the psyche of this kid at all. I don't understand it. But it's not good at the moment. He he is not there totally as a passer. I don't I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, he's he's, he's all tools and no anything else. I mean, he if they had lost that game the other day, it would have been on him. Cuz he just He hasn't elevated that offense a single time this year. They're another team like Clemson that you're just like, well, I think next week could be the week they lose. I think next week, they're lucky. I think Kansas State has a a pretty poor pass defense and they're missing Skylar Thompson or else I would feel pretty comfortable picking Kansas State to win that game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been disappointing for him and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they make a move to Caleb Williams at some point with, with how he's looked. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't lost them a game yet, like you said, but it just kind of feels like it's coming. Um, How so... long? I mean, do we see Caleb Williams
0: at all this year? The performances can't get much worse than what we saw on Saturday, and we didn't see Caleb Williams at all, which leads me to believe that that, that leash is pretty long. I'm not sure. It's not an endless leash, but, it. I mean, no plays at all for Caleb, and I think they're so different stylistically that you could ex- you could say, oh, we had a package drawn up. Yeah, before the game, true. you know, you could paint it as that, and not throw Spencer under the bus, Spencer Rattler, and he s- did not do it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like you talked about, though, his psyche seems so fragile that maybe he doesn't even want to risk it. Um, but also, Caleb Williams, despite how he looked in the spring game, that was a very simplified offense. Like his high school tape just did not really show uh, much of a advanced passer. He just, he's got the arm, you know, but he, he needed a lot of work in the passing game. Uh The anticipation really wasn't there. So maybe that that's part of the reason why we're not going to see Caleb Williams here. But I think with Spencer Rattler too, he is going to go round one. He's an Oklahoma quarterback. He's got all the tools you're looking for. Some NFL team is going to take him in the first round. So, this is that would be i think your chance to kind of get out on him the the perception on him is definitely down especially in the debbie and c2c community so i don't think i would sell him yet i think i would ride this storm out a little bit hope he improves it a little and then wait until the rookie hype starts to build and then probably i would try and move him so if you have him hold him and just hope for a little bit of a rebound and a better selling window for a guy who is going to go in the first round he will get first round draft capital
0: i don't know if i'm selling rattler i would just probably i mean try to go buy caleb williams if you can um because i mean it's not been pretty all right let's dive into the waiver wire here colin um last week was a shallow week as we talked about we only really gave you three names uh all of them did pretty well uh jerry bohannon uh, for Baylor, there had a decent game. They upset uh, Iowa State. Jalen Warren, we said, it looked like he was becoming the guy in uh, the Oklahoma State backfield, and uh, he was had had himself a nice game as well. And then I actually didn't see how Teon Fleet Davis did, but he was the other guy that we kind of gave you as a name to watch. Um, so we have four names this week, not an overwhelming amount. I mean, we're we're a few weeks into the season now. I think we've kind of identified. The, the guys that are emerging. And at this point, you're basically just opportunistically picking up guys that are benefiting due to injuries. Um, but we do have a couple of names here. Chance Nolan quarterback at Oregon state, Oregon state upset USC this weekend. Nolan looked really, really good in that game. Um, just didn't. I mean, The fact that he was playing at Oregon state against USC like that, that just did not phase him at all. Uh, impressive performance. Uh, 15 for 19 for 213 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he's been decent fantasy wise. I have a couple of bids on him in places. I think, you know, 2% rostered. I think he should be, if you have quarterback issues anywhere, you could do a lot worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think you could do a lot worse. Uh, like you said, he looked solid. The, the big stage there against USC didn't really phase him. I don't know if that's going to phase too many people the rest of the year with kind of the way they've looked. Um, but yeah, he he was he's been solid and is definitely worth a pickup at two percent rostered. You can get him pretty much anywhere. Um
0: here's a name, Colin, that I've literally not heard anybody talk about, and he's a cheat code, and I'm gonna tell you why. Jordan Myers, tight end slash wide receiver at rice, had 50 points this week in fantasy. He, yeah. And do you know why he's a total cheat code? Because he's listed as a wide receiver? Because he doesn't play either of those. He's a running back. Oh. They shifted, Rice shifted him to running back this year. It's taken him a couple games to get fired up, but now he
1: is their lead back there. <laughs>
0: and you can start him at tight end.
1: BRB, talk about- let me let me put some waiver claims in here. The
0: big problem with tight end is that the guys in college don't get volume. You won't find a tight end in college that is going to get more volume, more opportunity than Jordan Myers, simply because he's not actually a tight end and he's not actually a wide receiver. So (laughs) I have, some extremely hefty bids on jordan myers this week i expect to get him in a couple places i'm only really interested in because i think he's a senior i'm really only interested on teams where i'm a super contender just for the fact that i only get one year out of him but man i mean he's he's a cheat code for the rest of the year guys i think he's really 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 if your league mates are not listening to the show and you can go get him for cheap you can just run to the championship
1: uh it really sucks that uh that we're in the same league here i mean i appreciate you because i that was not a guy that was on my radar to be honest with you
0: i debated not talking about him tonight but i thought i would be doing a disservice
1: to people if i didn't say it that's that's much appreciated i appreciate it i'm sure the listeners appreciate it uh you know we want all the cheat codes we can get here but i i wasn't even paying attention to rice so really not a guy that was on my radar and I'm sure that there's other a lot of other people out there that's not on their radar either so you know if uh, if you're listening to this and your waiver wire um is later than Tuesday morning if you know if it's Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning you know go out put a claim on it
0: yeah I, I 100% do it uh, as long as you're not in the league with me I, I advocate <laughs> this highly um we're gonna battle it out for him <laughs> bring it on sucker Uh Maybe I'm just bluffing and I make you spend an exorbitant amount of money. Well, on this let's guy in all of our leagues. <laughs> let's uh let's split up let's split up leagues like we're divorced parents. Okay, we against. can discuss. We can discuss. how <laughs> uh, <laughs> last last or two more names here, two running backs. Pat Garwo, running back at Boston College. Um, looked really, really good this week against Mizzou. Um, figure they'll probably focus a little more on the ground game there with uh jerkovic out. Um, are you interested in, in Garwo, who's only two percent rostered, Colin?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think we're going to see another performance like we just saw last week because Missouri's run defense is an absolute sieve. Uh, they gave up a ton of yards pretty much every single week, including against I uh, think of Southeastern Missouri or some directional school somewhere, and in, in the FCS. I love that. That's like the biggest insult we can. Do, some directional <laughs> school. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know if we see that type of performance all year again, but I think he's going to get steady volume, especially with, um, Jerkovich out and Grossell hasn't been bad. So it's not like they can just strictly key on Garwa the entire time, but I do think they'll make him the focal point of the offense. So he's definitely a guy worth picking up.
0: Last name here. We mentioned him earlier that Kagan Williams running back at San Diego state. Uh, Colin was gracious enough to pull up that he is 0% rostered. (laughs) So, um, unless you're very, very unlucky, uh, he is probably available in your league. And if you need some running back help could certainly do a lot worse there, uh, especially with it sounding
1: like Greg bell is out, uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, I'll go ahead. I was just, I don't think you have to spend much to get him either. Um, I would probably not pick him up unless I'm a contender, but yeah, you, you won't have to spend much to go pick him up. So I I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, all right, Colin, we're here again. Our weekly start sick competition guys. (laughs) (laughs) We spend a stupid amount of time between the two of us looking through information weekly. And we still had five players scratched that we picked to start sits due to injury this week. No indication when we, shot, when we recorded the show early <laughs> in the week that any of them would be out. Um, so it was, it was a lean week of scoring uh, uh, for the two of us here. I mean, Noah Kane, Taj Brooks, Jaron Hall, Kendall Milton, Jackson Dart, um, Greg Bell, who got injured, you know, three snaps into the game or whatever. I mean, these were all players that Colin and I had picked as either starts or sits that don't count toward the ultimate record here uh, for right. the two of us. Um, so all those players are excluded. So last week I went nine and nine. So I'm 31 and 27 on the year. Colin
1: went seven and eight. <laughs> like <laughs> everybody died that Colin picked. Um, so yeah. Colin's I, had, 30- I we, that's 15 for those of you with math at home there. So I had five players. Just get hurt. It was honestly incredible. Um,
0: so Colin's 32 and 22 on the year. Um, Colin, you're the leader. Why don't you go first, give us your first name? We'll give them all back and forth guys, and then we give all of them
1: together um, just so you know you get the whole list in one spot here. Uh, yeah, my first one is uh, Jabari Small, uh, running back Tennessee. Like we touched on, uh, Missouri's run D is a sieve. They give up 270 yards rushing per game. Is that bad? That's a- <laughs> that is an absolutely insane amount. Um, it's it's not – and, yes, Jabari Small does split carries uh, with Tyon Evans, uh, and Jabari Small was banged up there for a little bit, but uh, he came back this week, and it was a 50-50 dead even split. I almost put Jabari Small and Tyon Evans because I think they could both have huge days given how bad Missouri's run defense is. Uh, but I, I'm i not going to pick both of them. I'm going to stick with Small. I learned my you're lesson last off,
0: week. You're swearing off doing the positional group thing. Cost you um, a couple of calls last week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Notre Dame-Wisconsin start nobody. That hurt. I missed that because of Kevin Austin. And then uh, Arkansas's offense, too, was that was a miss. So we're sticking with one name. I learned my lesson. Jabari Small.
0: All right. Um, My first name here, Xavier Worthy. I think it's finally time where we are starting him weekly. He he is no longer just kind of a guy that flashes here and there. He's Texas's leading receiver. He's coming off a game in which he's had 100 yards, three touchdowns. They're going up against TCU. The player that is most comparable in in SMU's offense – Uh, who who was TCU's opponent last week, is Danny Gray. Danny Gray last week had four catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. So they are susceptible to the big play. I think Worthy gets at least one again this week, and so
1: I'm starting Xavier Worthy. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I, I was definitely considering that as well. My next start is Brandon Thomas um he's struggled the last two weeks been held under 100 yards both times he doesn't really offer much in the passing game so if he's not producing a lot on the ground if he's not scoring uh he's he hasn't been producing but temple's rush defense is not very good uh they give up the 35th most yards in the country they give up 175 yards a game but their pass defense actually is pretty good um their pass defense is 18th in the country they give up 276 yards a game so i think this is one where uh missouri or uh, memphis gets back to leaning on the run game start brandon thomas
0: they also average a really low amount of passes against them and i think it's just because their rush defense is so bad but that's also something you have to consider i mean i have like a whole list here
1: uh, I was I was actually every- off. I had the total offense. They give up the uh, least amount of pass offense or passing yeah. yards, one hundred and one. Yeah, I have one hundred and seven point eight. But either way, I'm using very sports
0: very close. Um, I'm using cfbstats.com slash two thousand twenty one slash leader slash national slash. Now I'm going to stop. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. My next start here this week is Romeo Dubs, a guy that I've been critical of. All offseason, I said that he was a total reach because of Elijah Cook's coming back going to eat severely into that market share. That was mostly true. Dubs has not necessarily been a guy that you feel comfortable starting every week. I think now he is um, with Cook's gone. And I'm, I mean, I don't have any dubs, but if I did, I would start him. So
1: you should do the same. Uh, my next start is Michael Pratt, quarterback to Lane. Uh, East Carolina gives up 327 yards passing per game. Uh, and that's to teams like Charleston Southern, Marshall, South Carolina, and Zeb Nolan and Appalachian State. So not oh. the not a murderous row of of passing offenses here. I mean, Marshall's I like South Carolina gets grouped in <laughs> Marshall,
0: <laughs> Charleston, and, and App, State. App State. Whoops.
1: Yeah. So uh, East Carolina's passing defense is atrocious. Uh, Michael Pratt hasn't done as much as I thought he would the next couple weeks after that really nice week against Oklahoma in week one, Uh, but I think he's going to have a nice bounce back here.
0: Yeah, um, I'm third up here, Ulysses Bentley running back at SMU. Had that really bad week one, really week two, he did nothing except for one big run and again, I don't play the, the take the one run out game, but I think it's significant in terms of projecting forward. Um, he was really good last week. I watched a lot of that game against TCU. He was consistent all game. Um, It it, it just constantly breaking, you know, six, seven, eight, double-digit yards per carry. It was really, really good. Uh, USF gives up 232 yards per game on the ground. We've talked about them before on this show, targeting them if you have guys going against them. Um, To be honest, if I had Siggers, their other running back, I'd probably start Sigurds this week too, because SMU will run it if it's there. Um, so I'd actually expect a less than we've had game from Tanner Mordecai, but obviously still startable. And I think the big games there on Saturday are going to be Bentley and Sigurds.
1: hundred percent agree. I have Bentley as well. Um, he I watched a lot of that TCU-SMU game too, and he he looked really good. Uh, and like you touched on, USF is, is not... A very good defense i think smu's whole offense is kind of becoming must start territory um you know definitely mordecai i think danny gray has worked his way into uh, you should probably start him in most situations unless you're loaded at wide receiver and bentley is working his way back into must start running back territory
0: yeah i think so too um next up here for me i'm starting kobe pace this week um, not because I love the matchup necessarily, but he's really the only back there anymore. It's him and Maffa uh, for Clemson. Shipley out, as we said, for at least a few weeks. Lynn J. Dixon in the portal. So I've, if I've got pace and I, you know, I've got some decisions to make that running back, I'm I'm comfortable starting him this week.
1: Interesting. Uh, I like that call um, because, like you said, he's pretty much last man standing. But uh, my next guy is Bryant Kobach, uh, running back Toledo. Uh, UMass is not good. Uh, they gave up 242 rushing yards a game. Kobach also gets a lot of passing game work. He has at least three catches in every game this year. Um, so I think, uh, he, he's going to have a really nice week this week. He's probably going to be a top 10 running back. I think. Yeah, it's a bold call. there, are calling, um,
0: <laughs> um, Keaton Mitchell. Running back East Carolina kind of been the lightning to Raji Harris's thunder. There, he relies on the big play. He only averages about yeah thirteen ish yards uh, or uh, carries per game. But Tulane has the hundred and first range rush defense in the in the uh, in college right now, um, so they they are vulnerable there. Uh, the past couple of games. He's gone 14 carries 135 yards touchdown with a long and 88 yard touchdown the week after that 125 yards rushing with a 74 yard touchdown. Look for him to break off another big one. He's fast. He might be the fastest player in college football right now. If you have not watched him, he's either a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, but he's, he's young, um, and speedy
1: as heck. So I, I'm starting him this week. Uh, my next guy here is Don TV and wicks. Um, he has at least seven catches for a, at least a hundred yards and at least one touchdown in the last two games. Um, he's really been going as Virginia's passing offense has been going and Virginia's passing offense has been a pleasant surprise this year. Uh, Miami's defense is not as imposing as you might think. They give up the 36 most pass, most passing yards in the country. Um, so I, I think Davion Davian Tontavian Wicks going to have a nice week here.
0: Um, he's starting to get into obvious start category too, which is how well he's been doing over the past yeah. few weeks. A guy that we we highlighted on the show is a guy that you should probably stash <laughs> before the season started. Uh, yes, so a little pat, pat ourselves in the back there. Um, I'm starting Parker Washington again this week. I think last week he finally got himself going there against Villanova. Had five for 140 something and a couple of touchdowns. Indiana is not a good football team this year. Say so, you what we know. We have enough evidence to know that last year was probably an anomaly. This this year is is just they're not not a good team. They almost lost this week to Western Kentucky. Um, I think Parker Washington obviously does not put up a repeat performance of last week, but is is good enough to be
1: a startable option for you there. Yeah, hey, I hope so. Um, I like Parker Washington a lot. Uh, my next guy is uh, Bam Knight. Um, he he's been splitting work with Ricky Person Jr., but uh, Bam Knight's looks pretty. Pretty explosive all year. He's averaging 6.5 yards a carry, uh, 58 yard, uh, fifty-eight carries, 377 yards, two touchdowns, um, and Louisiana Tech's run defense is bad. Like, they gave up six yards a carry to Mississippi State, and Mississippi State is not a good running team. They're a great running team. Put some <laughs> respect on Joquavius <laughs> Marks' name. Uh, yeah, Joquavius Marks gets like nine catches a game. That's why he's valuable. <laughs> fine, fine um but yeah bam Knight I think is gonna have a monster week this week I think the
0: coaching staff hates him um this guy might be approaching um uh, like you know obvious but I don't think he's quite there yet I'm Jalen Warren is the back at Oklahoma State Jalen Warren is the back at Oklahoma State Jalen Warren and I'm not gonna <laughs> say it again he needs to he's a startable option guys When, They find their back there. When Mike Gundy finds his back, that guy is a must start. And Brees Hall just had his way
1: with Baylor to start Jalen Warren. That's another guy I considered there as well. Um, My guy here, I think it's my last one. Oh, no, I got one more after that. I say, yeah, I think, wait. One, two, three, four. I only have you
0: saying seven. I got a
1: no, I should. I think I like uh, Jabari
0: Small, Brandon Thomas, Michael Pratt, Ulysses Bentley, Bryant TV Dontavian Wicks, Bam Knight. Two, three,
1: four. I uh, we'll we'll figure it out then. But I have ten on my list here. I'll figure out where I missed one. I can't count. Perfect. Okay. Um. Anyway, my next guy is, is a guy who's mostly in must start territory but kind of gets overlooked just because of the offense that he's in Um, and is another guy that i just wanted to highlight with how well he's been doing this year it's um, javon halai uh, wide receiver for coastal carolina Um, like i said he's he's had he's kind of a must start so this one's a little soft but i mean he's he's been having a fantastic year he's over 100 yards and at least one touchdown in every game this year except for one and that one game he had 91 yards um, UL Monroe has the fourth worst passing defense and their rush defense only gives up 78 yards per game now Coastal Carolina is probably still going to be able to run on them because that's what Coastal Carolina does but I think they can definitely pass on them um, and I almost said Javon Halai and Isaiah Likely but I'm stop I'm not, I'm not doing two for one so I'm going to stick with Javon Halai
0: oh I'm about to do a two for one
1: Well, that's you. You didn't get burned on it last week.
0: I'm starting my Ohio running backs. I know they've gotten Colin before um, against Akron. Akron just not very good as we witnessed this past week on a primetime game against Ohio State. O'Shane Allison and Demontre Tuggle, I think if you roster either of them um, who have both been kind of churning along at about a five uh, yards per carry clip
1: this year, um, yeah, fire them up, fire them up. I found the one I missed. Um, it's because I skipped one to go down to Ulysses Bentley. When you mentioned him, you always Um, skip
0: all over the place. You come to your list at the end and you're like, they're not even close to the order that I'm sitting here and have
1: them in. Yeah. What the heck? I do. I, I, well, would you mention a guy that I'm like, yeah, I had him too. Um, but I also, you know, like to gauge him off of the guys that you said, talk about guys that are similar. So I, I do mess myself up, but, uh, my next guy is Chris Reynolds, uh, quarterback for charlotte illinois gives up 314 yards passing per game Uh, reynolds has two games over 300 yards passing and over three touchdowns Uh, he has at least 30 yards rushing and a touchdown in every game but one this year so he's been pretty solid all year um he's a guy that I, i just i expect him to carve up illinois
0: um my next one here i my last couple i usually go a little bold guys i think we all know this um Garrett Schrader quarterback at Syracuse, Florida state has been freaking torched by dual threat running backs this year. Guys, Malik Cunningham just had like 50 points against them last week. Granted, I think Garrett Schrader would wishes he was as good as Malik Cunningham, but he had two rushing touchdowns last week. They, they use him a lot in the red zone, which I actually think partially hurts sean tucker who would get a lot of those carries otherwise uh but but schrader even if he doesn't pass for 300 yards it doesn't matter he's going to get at least one and or at least one touchdown on the ground um so yeah I'm, I'm i'm actually starting garrett schrader if i have him i think i have him in one league maybe
1: uh, that was my follow-up
0: do you have him anywhere i think i have him in one league okay. i have i mean i have some deeper leagues i mean this is so. that's
1: fair um, my last one here is, uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, guy hey, we've you talked said to sit last week, right? I did. Yes. I did say to sit I last like, week. What, like
0: 31 points, I think.
1: Yeah. He had 70 yards rushing and two touchdowns.
0: So you probably shouldn't have sat him. No, you probably shouldn't. Have.
1: Okay. okay. Thank I you. Just wanted to, I wanted to check on that. Thanks. I mean, what was your record last week? Nine and nine. <laughs> Yours <just> was seven eight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not good. <laughs> and a bunch of guys got hurt. So yeah, it's this is tough. This is tough because we try not to go with the obvious guys. But uh, anyway, Jaden Daniels. UCLA's pass defense is bad. They are. Uh, let me pull it back up here. They're the fourth worst pass defense in the country. Uh, average three hundred and thirty yards against so I think Daniels can have uh, a nice day with his arm. He should have a nice solid day passing. Um, but he also brings a threat with his legs. Like we just saw last week with the two touchdowns and 70 some yards. So he can pick up points that way. So that gives him a nice floor. And I think the passing this week could give him a nice ceiling as well. Um, Cause UCLA's run defense is good. Uh, my last guy here is Jaleel
0: Billingsley tight end, Alabama um what's the over under at 77 and a half points now for bama ole miss or something like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there's they're gonna score a ton of points just like a bunch of guys are gonna score points um so billingsley had a nice week this past week seems like maybe he's out of the doghouse. um i'm starting julio billingsley if i have him so um yeah that's all i got there um so
1: if you want to name your 10 for us colin we'll go into our sits um, so, my 10 here in the order that I have them on my sheet uh, Jabari Small, Brandon Thomas, Michael Pratt, Chris Reynolds, Ulysses Bentley, Bryant Kobach, uh, Bam Knight, Dontavian Wicks, Javon Halai, Jaden Daniels. All right. And mine guys were Xavier Worthy,
0: Romeo Dubs, Ulysses Bentley, Kobe Pace, Keaton Mitchell. Parker Washington, Jalen Warren, the Ohio running backs, not Ohio State, Ohio, uh, Garrett Schrader, and Jaleel Billingsley. I <laughs> felt like I had to clarify. That's fair. Uh, all right, let's go to sits. Colin, you took the reins on starts, so I'll go first on sits. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Boom, okay. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this again. Trail on Burks. I'm sitting on Burks this week. <laughs> Georgia gives up like a hundred pass yards a game I almost picked
1: I almost picked Burks but he's the type of guy who can burn you on one play
0: my problem with him is against such like such a strong opponent he's they basically boot him up all week he doesn't practice at all it's basically me my senior year of high school I literally <laughs> didn't practice at all I just played the games um, they're doing the same exact thing with Traylon Burks I would not be confused with Traylon Burks if you saw me run Um <laughs> So similar not size, that similar height, not that comparable. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that pass rush is going to make KJ Jefferson uncomfortable. Who left last week injured anyway? I just I know he can break a play. I you would think I would have learned
1: my lesson, but I, I'm sitting him this week. That's fair. Um, I'm sitting Blake Corum this week. Uh, I know he's looked really good all year. Um, and even last week, in, in a tougher matchup against um, Rutgers, you know he he still he was fairly efficient overall. But I think it was Wisconsin this week, uh, and Wisconsin gives up 23 yards rushing per game. 23 yards rushing. Per two three. Game. Yeah, two, two three. three. Okay, I um, double check. I don't think you can start any running back against Wisconsin in you know until further notice.
0: Um, for what it's worth, I have them at twenty two point six
1: seven. So, um... so I rounded.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I'm sitting. Ju- I'm sitting. Justin Hall this week. I'm done messing around with this stupid ass Ball State defense. They're really starting to piss me off. Um, they've just not been effective. Army doesn't have the best pass defense. They have a really good rush defense, and I just feel like. Like any defense that is moderately okay at anything, I feel like is going to over is going to overwhelm Ball State. So I'm sitting Justin Hall, and I guess like by proxy, I'm not starting Drew Plitt or Yohanes or Tyler either. But I wasn't going to include them on this. Just Justin Hall.
1: That's fair. Um, my next sit here is Talia Tagovailoa. Uh They get Iowa, uh, and I'm not starting anybody against Iowa. Uh, there was a little bit of talk in our Discord today about starting Talia, you know, because of uh, Iowa, you know, they had to come back against uh, Colorado State there, but, I mean, they still held um, Colorado State to 155 yards passing, 45 yards, or um, their leading rusher at 45 yards, 95 yards total. So I still don't think you could start anybody against Iowa's defense.
0: Um, speaking of that, my ne- my next name on my list, I, Dante Dimas and Rakeem Jarrett. I'm not starting either of them. Uh, if, if I've got them, yeah, Iowa only gives up 187 pass yards per game. So there you go.
1: Yeah, good choice. Um, I was going to go with the whole passing attack, but learned my lesson. So um. scared, <laughs> scared money. Don't make money calling. Come on. Uh, my next sit here is Kyron Williams. Um, if you look at the score from last week against Notre Dame and you just box or against Wisconsin, you just box score scouted. Um, you think Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's offense might have been good, but they, they really weren't. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown. They had two pick sixes. Uh, their offense really wasn't that good. Um, I I think Jack Cohn will probably be back, maybe. I don't know. Um, haven't really heard too much news about that one. But either way, since he has a pretty solid run defense, and Kyron Williams has not been getting as much pass game work as we kind of thought he would. Uh, so against a solid run defense, I'm sick Kyron Williams.
0: Uh, my next one here is Devin Auchin, uh running back Texas A&M. Mississippi State is actually a top 10 rush defense. And his problem is that he does not get a ton of volume, kind of similar to how I was talking about with Keaton Mitchell earlier. So if he doesn't break a big one, then he's probably not startable. And he even gets fewer carries than Mitchell does. He's only had double-digit carries once this season. So if you're banking on him scoring a long touchdown, which he hasn't done, I believe, since week one, um then, then he's not startable. So I, I'm not playing him this week against Mississippi State.
1: I was actually considering Spiller just because I Mississippi State's run defense is pretty good and Zach Calzadas looked better last week, but still not really that good.
0: I mean, he can like he broke Probably. that one
1: against Arkansas last week. So it's yeah. kind of the Traylon Burks thing. It's like, well, he yeah, so him. I I did not include Spiller, but I, I was considering it. So I like the A chain call. Um, my next sit in order is actually in that same game and it's Jalen Jaden Wally. Uh, he has yet to go over five catches or 65 yards. I don't, I don't think you can start him until further notice. I don't really know what's going on there, but he just has not gotten the volume that we thought he was going to. He has not gotten the volume that we saw at the end of last year. Um, and he gets Texas AM, and uh, solid defense. So I am sitting Jaden Wally until further notice actually. Um, Next up here for me, uh, JT Daniels.
0: Uh, I'm not starting him this week. Arkansas has a pretty solid pass rush, and they have a top ten pass defense. I think they're going to give. Uh, you know, he struggles generally against a really strong pass rush. So I think that the two of those combined, uh, not a great combination there for him. I just think if they don't score, it's not a very high scoring game uh, between those two. Um, so I'm, I'm not starting JT Daniels this week, which is a bummer. Like last week. George is up by 35 You back to the first quarter. You would have thought that Daniels did a lot and he had like 15 points and then he sat the rest of the day. I was like, come on.
1: Yeah. Uh, my next sit here is Devin Neal. Um, You may be tempted to start him now that he's the RB one at Kansas um, in a Lance Leopold offense. He did go over a hundred yards, had a touchdown last week, but they get Iowa state. Uh, Iowa state's actually been a pretty solid run defense there. Um, so I, I'm not starting Devin Neal this week.
0: And for what it's worth, I said start Devin Neal last week. And although he didn't technically hit our threshold for what we consider a hit, uh, he got you 16.5. And I would have been very happy with that performance out of Devin Neal. So yeah. Uh, out of protest, I am done talking for the rest of the podcast. I would just sit here and stare at Colin creepily. You're the one who scores those. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> um, Wandale Robinson's my next one here. Uh, look, Will Levis... We're not going to get into Will Levis discussion, but he struggled mightily in two games against SEC opposition this year um, against Mizzou a couple weeks ago, 10 for 18 for 179 yards, touchdown interception this past week against South Carolina, 15 for 22 for 102 in an interception. Um, look, until Levis it proves that he can do it against a better defense, I'm not uh, I can't uh, put Wandale in and. If he's not, you know, the the volume isn't there, then you can say, well, maybe he'll score a touchdown. Wandell has not scored a touchdown since week one, so I, I'm sitting Wandell Robinson this week. We'll we'll see if that offense can can adjust a
1: little bit. Um, my next sit here is Dustin Crum. Um, he actually had a good week last week, went over 300 yards passing, uh, but other than that, he's been pretty underwhelming. Uh, under 200 yards in, in each of the other games, the touchdowns really are not there. there. Um, is three touchdowns on the year to two interceptions, and Bowling Green actually has a pretty solid pass defense. Uh, they are the 12th best pass defense in the country. So I'm not sitting Dustin. Or I'm not starting Dustin Crum. Um, next for me.
0: Wait, what the heck? Oh, he was supposed to be a start. Uh oh, shit. I have Kevin Harris here, but I wanted to say he was a start this week, actually. Just do 11 and (laughs) 9. Okay, Kevin Harris is a start this week. Explain why. why. (laughs) 41 and 37 snaps over the past two weeks. I'm thinking the game script there is going to be positive uh, for that rushing attack. Uh, I'm starting Kevin Harris. I don't know what I was thinking. That's fair. we'll just do eleven and nine. It's fine. We spend a lot of time on on these We spend startups. a lot of time on these guys. We get two days of turnaround basically from the last set of games to pick these out so
1: yeah, yeah um my next sit here is Max borgie, and he's a sit until further notice. um he has no basically no receiving game work this year um and, you know coming from Mike leach's offense where they dump nine targets to a running back a game, uh, to the Nick Rolovich offense where they don't use passing. They don't pass, They use the running back in the passing game. I'm not surprised that he has not been getting the usage in the passing game. He has three catches all year. Um, but he also really has not gotten very much volume on the ground. He is under, he has 13 carries as his most per, um, uh, in a game. He's yet to break a hundred yards. Uh, he's a sit until further notice.
0: Next up for me, and this one's actually a sit, uh, is Keonta Ingram. Uh, fluky game last week, and he scored one of his touchdowns. Literally, Keaton Slovis fumbled a snap, and he picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. Like, I mean, he, he was a little bit of a fluky performance, I think. Colorado has a decent rush defense. I believe they're around thirtieth in the country, to just over hundred yards per game, three point one five yards
1: per attempt. Um, Ingram's a no-no for me this week. Uh, staying in the same game. Um, Keaton Slovis is a sit for me. Um, yeah, he threw for 355 yards last week, also threw for three interceptions and only one touchdown. Um, uh, he has four touchdowns and four interceptions on the year. He has one game with more than one touchdown. So you're basically, and he doesn't offer anything with his legs really. So you're basically relying solely on passing yards points at this point, And that's just not really a recipe for success too often in too many leagues. So I'm sitting Keaton Slovis as well, actually, until further notice.
0: Um, I'm sitting Quentin Johnston this week, who was held catch list last week for TCU. Um, Texas has a good pass defense. We talked a bit about it last week. Um, you know, they held air. We said Eric as was a sit and he scored like 11 points or something like that. Um, so I, I, I'm not starting Quentin Johnston.
1: Yeah, the catchless thing was a surprise for me last week. I had a start Max Dugan and Quentin Johnston and that backfired as well. He, um,
0: he had like one or two deep throws that were close, Um, but yeah, no cigar.
1: And my next sit here is Desmond Ritter. Um, Desmond Ritter has been under 250 passing yards in each of the last two weeks. Uh, He's kind of been buoyed by his rushing production so far this year. Um, in weeks that he does not have a rushing touchdown really has not been, uh, that great for fantasy and Notre Dame has the run defense, uh, was soft before last week. Um, but their pass defense has been really good all year. So I don't think the the passing yards are going to be there for river or for Ritter this week. He's going to be needing to rely on a a rushing touchdown. And I don't know if Notre Dame's defense is going to let him do that. Uh, so I'm sitting Ritter.
0: Um, my last one here, I'm sitting Caleb Ellaby. They play Buffalo. Not a great defense. I know you're thinking they're getting into the Mac play. Um, but I think it's we give it one more week and then we're firing up our Caleb Ellaby's. Um it will be time. It will be time. All right, Colin. If you can just real quick give me your ten sits for the week and then we
1: uh we'll get out of more. here.
0: Oh, you have one more. I'm so sorry. You
1: started, you went first. I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, you're okay um i am sitting deuce vaughn this week um mm-hmm. you know he's been pretty good uh, against K- uh, for kansas state but ou's run defense oklahoma they've only been letting up 74 yards per game they held letty brown to 56 yards last week uh, i just i don't think you can start uh deuce vaughn this week
0: all right colin give me your 10
1: sits and uh, then we'll say goodbye to all the nice people uh blake quorum Talia Tagovailoa, Kyron Williams, Jaden Wally, Devin Neal, Dustin Crum, Max Borgie, Keaton Slovis, Desmond Ritter, Deuce Vaughn.
0: Wait, okay. Maybe I wasn't paying very close attention when you were talking. Isn't Max Borgie out? Is he out? pretty sure he's injured. Yeah. I'm pretty Hmm. sure he got injured and left last week's game.
1: Uh, I'll be honest. I did not watch last week's game. Uh, I did not see that. That'll teach me to not pay attention to you
0: when you talk, because <laughs> just things happen that I can't control. That's fair. Um, hang on, let me pull up. I appreciate you yeah. fact checking me when I know that this is correct.
1: <laughs> Thank he you. He only had well, he only had six carries last week. Yeah, he um, left. So he yeah. left the game. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Um, and the sits were what I had the hardest trouble with this week.
0: You think of another uh, one, w- and then we'll put out a bonus pod later this week with your one sit and we'll really break it down is so that I'll, I'll tweet it out perfect all right that's gonna do it oh I, i'll name mine here real quick too then uh treylon burks justin hall uh dante Dimas slash rakeem jarrett devin Achain, jt daniels wandale robinson keontae ingram quentin johnston caleb ellaby and i'm telling you to start kevin harris because i'm a dummy all right, that is the show for tonight, guys. Um, check out all of the podcasts we've got going on over at the website, campuscant.com. If you have not started signing up for prize picks yet, do it. What's holding you back, guys? Uh, promo code C2C when you first sign up and deposit at least $20, gets you a uh, full match on that deposit up to 100 bucks, and gets you a free year to our website. So you're going to get all of the in-season content And then as the off season comes in, you're going to get all of our tools and things like that, that you get to play around with as it's draft season and, and free agent season. Uh, Debbie debate. Why wait till Sunday? Fantasy football roundtable. all that good stuff until next week though, guys, I am Austin and the skull and have a good one.